listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing today? All is well. All is well. Good to be chatting. Yeah, indeed. We've got a really interesting uh, guest today, uh, somebody with significantly more podcasting experience than us. Um, uh, why don't you uh, introduce her? Yeah, I'm a little worried. I don't want to ask for too much advice as we go through it because I think we might get an invoice at the end. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to be brief on that front. But uh, yes, we, we're, we're, we're chatting with uh, Lou Weiss today. Um, Lou is the host of Manufacturing Talk Radio. He's also the president of the All Metals and Forge Group. Um, I will also uh, stop talking now and just let Lou introduce himself perhaps a little bit. Uh, and then we'll get chatting. Lou, welcome to the Cooler Ring. Well, I appreciate you having me. Uh, and uh, when I started talking too long, just say, Lou, it's our show. <laughs> uh, I yeah. suppose that is a big risk bringing on somebody that does uh, so much of podcasting onto your show. Well, maybe. You'll find out. You'll <laughs> find out. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I've been in the... Um, steel forging industry now for over 40 years and uh, typically I have been doing most of the uh, marketing for that company uh, bringing in outsiders and so on and you know following my lead in my direction and uh, November in 2013 um, because there so many people copy what we used to do both in print and direct mail and uh, some digital and part of that time, that I woke up in the middle of the night and I said, radio. Uh, and I am a radio nut. I'm a, I'm a news, news buff. I said, radio, let's do a radio show about manufacturing. And uh, two weeks later, uh, we did our first show. It was the end of November. And we've now done about 300 shows in uh, uh, manufacturing, uh, many aspects of it from uh, uh, you know, technology to the numbers to the stats to global involvement in political and geopolitical uh, and uh, uh, marketing. And uh, uh, actually, there's another company that's been, been out of that, and that's women in manufacturing. And we're doing the same thing with that, but we want to take advantage of the fact that this is the year of the woman. So we started a women and manufacturing show, and we've done about 40 of those shows. So we're, we're having fun with it. We're getting good feedback. Uh, people seem to feel as though that we're doing something positive for the manufacturing sector. Uh, we've learned a lot uh, about people in manufacturing in different aspects of manufacturing than where I'm from. But, uh, you know, everything is a learning experience. And... Uh, uh, we've had a couple people on, uh, you know, multiple times. Uh, the Institute of Supply Management, they have a regular show with us once a month. Uh, and we have others that uh, we also do uh, multiple uh, shows. You know, I, I, there's this common narrative you hear it time and again in chatting with uh, marketers, um, uh, be they manufacturing marketers or people outside the space that are just reflecting on what it is to work in manufacturing from a marketing perspective. Uh, and, and you know, time and again, you'll hear them say how manufacturers are behind the eight ball, uh, not doing new and innovative things, um, 
uh, laggard adopters of tech. And look, I've said that, uh, and I think in some ways the stats broadly do prove that out. But I love the fact that we're talking with president of All Metals and Forge Group, and uh, who, uh, frankly, saw the light several years ago now. Yeah. And uh, taking a different approach to marketing. It's just fascinating to me. Well, you know, it's uh, interesting. Are you familiar with ISO, the Interna- International course, Standards yeah. Organization? Well, we st- we got involved. Uh, ISO came to the country in 1992. And uh, I became, we were the first metal company that was uh, uh, registered under that uh, uh, that title. And it's now tw- we've now done nine certificates we just got approved for our most recent one and i remember when i did it my friendly competitors knew what i was doing and i said well you know why are you doing that why why are you letting yourself be dictated by a foreign country which was switzerland um and i said it's not exactly being dictated to by switzerland that's the one who came up with the iso formula so we did get uh, our ISO in 1994, and I told all the friendly vendors that do it now or do it later, but you're going to do it or you won't be in business. And, you know, sure enough, uh, they all uh, crept up to the plate and did what they had to do to get their ISO certification, which I started to do it mostly at the beginning as a marketing tool. Uh, because, you know, we're the first ones to have it. Uh, there was certain business that we would get because we, we were one of the only ones who had an ISO certificate. So we used it as a marketing tool, even though later it did a lot of good things for our company and the processes and so on that we still use today. So, so you've at least been uh, open to uh, the promise of marketing for a while, which is... Uh, oh, Absolutely. Manufacturers often get uh, accused of being closed-minded, perhaps a little bit there. Yeah. And, uh, That's correct. Interesting. Well, they they caught up on the ISO thing. I wonder if they're going to catch up on the podcasting and uh, content marketing side <laughs> yeah, of things. Exactly. Well, well, there's also another thing that they have to uh, come up to speed on. Uh, there's a program called NIST, N-I-S-T, and there's a specification called NIST 700-181. And by this December 31st, if you sell the government, you sell the Department of Transportation, sell the Department of Defense or NASA, if you are not compliant with that spec, you will not be doing business with the federal government. So here's, a, here's one that's being forced on us. And I've been talking with a consultant who does this kind of work. And uh, he said, nobody's jumping the gun on this and they're all going to, they're going to feel it. So. I am now going for my NIST registration. Uh, you know, I'll go where nobody goes, and I'll, I'll get the, there before them and watch them follow up behind. It's interesting, too, though, because, I mean, there are other things that are that should technically be required, like the Americans with Disabilities Act, yes. you know, in terms of making websites fully accessible for right. people with uh, limited vision or, or other things like that. And, right. and still seeing, you know, near daily somewhat frivolous lawsuits going after p- companies that are not following Section 508. Right. And they could have just done it. Uh, and they, yeah. they don't take it seriously. One of the things that I found uh, over the uh, last five years uh, in regards to all metals and manufacturing talk radio is that the primary reason 
that I found anyway, that why manufacturers are not buying into the new marketing uh, horizons is twofold. One, they don't have the time. And two, they don't have a clue on what needs to be done. So there are obviously a lot of people out there, perhaps such as yourselves, who help build companies who don't necessarily concentrate on manufacturing. Uh, you know, consumer goods, obviously, that's a, a, a big, big thing for the Internet. But manufacturing has been kind of behind the, behind the curve for a long time. Uh, I, I went to a hearing in the uh, New Jersey Senate about two, three months ago. Uh, we were invited along with four or five other manufacturers. They actually went out to... Uh, they got guests. They wanted 20 guests to speak as a, um, a panelist to talk about manufacturing and so on within the state of New Jersey. And only five of us showed up. So, you know, they, they don't have the time, the interest. They're not being made aware of the value of getting involved. And I think that's a, that's a big problem. I guess it's always... Um somewhat easy to chalk up a, a lack of adoption to just a, a lack of awareness. Right. Um, but, but I guess moving beyond that, because I'm, 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 I can, I can tell by chatting with you so far that you've, you've had countless conversations with your peers, uh, presidents, uh, CEOs of other manufacturers, right. um, uh, who have probably kind of looked at you a bit like a dog watching TV, you know, a confused <laughs> look tilted to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wondering I, why you do what you do. Have, have you been able to get through to them? Because uh, I think it, that may be helpful for our listeners who are trying to move their own programs forward and... Um, and trying to get more uh, senior level buy-in for their initiatives. It may be helpful to know how you've cracked that nut. First of all, uh, I refer to that look on the dog. I call it the dumb dog look when he's tilting his head back and forth. And yes, you do get the dumb dog look from a lot of people because uh, one, they don't have, they don't have the talent and the skills. So they got to go hire someone. Now going to hire someone into your company to do uh, work that you yourself don't understand uh, may not be your best route. Uh, on the little bit more expensive side, hiring a consultant who has, uh, or a small agency, uh, has uh, tremendous value to uh, the company because they bring things to you that you don't have to go learn. They teach it to you. And uh, it, it makes an, an incredible difference. And uh, we did have somebody on our show a couple of weeks ago, um, and it was about cybersecurity. And uh, he it was a fairly new company, three, four years old, and cybersecurity is going to be the next big thing that we all have to address. And he called me two, three days after the show. He said, wow, this is great. I got three calls and I got one major uh, ISO registrar calling and wanting to uh, do some work with us. And so it, it does work um, if you're going in the right direction. But if you're a manufacturer with this, the old attitude of hire the outside salesman with a old beaten up out of shea case and let them do the milk run, uh, I don't think that's, 
it has a value, but there's a lot more value in doing the digital route today. You're preaching to the converted here, I think. Yeah, right. (laughs) And of course, I think the the level of measurability um, on digital initiatives as well um, can can help uh, with with gaining that buy-in. You can can more directly connect the dots on the ROI faster. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, we have on uh, All Metals and Forge Group, that website, uh, we're getting about 40,000, 45,000 visitors to our website a month. And that generates uh, over a thousand inquiries, uh, you know, real projects to be quoted. Uh, you can't get that from the outside rep who's carrying a beaten up at a shake case. Maybe he just needs a better case. A better way. It <laughs> could be. And maybe a website. That <laughs> could be. That could be. Uh, but uh, we we find that, uh, and, and there's so much more that we could be doing. You know. It's all a question of uh, expenses, how much do you want to lay into the building the digital back end. And uh, right now we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, roughly six people that are handling different aspects of our, uh, um, our various programs, including the shows, the two shows. And uh, uh, it takes a lot of effort. Interesting, because you're painting a picture, Lou, as you say that of a, you know, of a of a corporate team um, that's uh, has a very different composition and skill set uh, sure. uh, mix uh, than uh, what many manufacturers think of. Um, talk to me about that. What 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 have been the um, uh, the competencies that you've seen fit to bring in house over the course of your uh, journey. Well, we need uh, we needed marketing people and uh, marketing people from the digital world, not the marketing guy who sells ad space in magazines, which still works. But you get so much more exposure to a wider breadth of market uh, using digital, and I think all in all, uh, it may come out to be ultimately cheaper. And uh, you have professionals working for you, and uh, you don't have to be the one, uh, even though in many cases I am because I enjoy doing the marketing side and being involved in the marketing site, but uh, marketing side. But I think that larger companies, I mean, we've got, you know, 35 people, but if we had, uh, you know, 50 or 100 people, uh, you've got to have your own people. Uh, doing this Uh, or you have to have some inside people that are doing it and they're dealing with the outside consultants or outside agency but one thing I would um, uh, clarify is that there's a lot of charlatans out there and who don't necessarily know what they say they know so it it does take time to find the right uh, mix for you in terms of talent and uh, knowledge base. You're listening to The Cooler Ring, conversations on manufacturing marketing. Don't forget to subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's kulapartners.com slash the cooler ring. Uh, yeah, I think you've uh, been in this marketing game an awful long time, so uh, yeah. I'd have to add those uh, 
those comments. Uh, you know, it, uh, it and that's why, frankly, it's one of the reasons why I like talking to somebody like you who, I guess, has the experience uh, of implementing the ideas and actually putting the rubber to the road right. and, and seeing the results rather than just simply um, you know, talking about what could be or speaking mm-hmm. academic here mm-hmm. in theory. We, we had an incident, uh, I guess, two years ago, three years ago, um, a, a large company, I'm, I'm not going to use their name, large company. They are a media company. They're magazine publisher and all kinds of all kinds of media stuff. And they approached us to take our website from point five to point ten. Well, I guess it didn't work well and uh, we were blacklisted uh, because of the actions that they did. And our traffic that we were getting before they pulled the plug was at 40, 45,000 and a week we were at seven. And it took us a year and a half to rebuild all over again. So you got to really know the people that you're in bed with. Yeah. And uh, know if somebody's promising immediate results, the oh, yeah. result they may get immediately, maybe more akin to what you just described. Yeah. Not sure. the ones you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, uh, how, you know, I, I, when you talk to me about, uh, well, frankly, the fact that the president of the firm knows uh, web traffic to the level of detail that we do and the number of leads that are coming in via the web platform uh, on a monthly basis, I can tell you it was reasonably unique in the space. Um, so you, you clearly have struck a chord uh, with what you're doing um, with uh, a different, uh, well, may, maybe it's the same manufacturing buyer and you're engaging them in a new space or you've struck a chord with a new type of buyer. I guess, which is it or is it a little bit of both? I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, again, going, I, first of all, I, I always think that a the leader, the president, the CEO, the whatever of a company, even if it's a big company, they should really be up on up to speed on what they're doing in terms of their marketing, because they could be out there marketing some piece of junk that uh, no one's going to tell you uh, that it's good or bad. You've got to know the numbers. And if you don't know numbers, you know nothing. And uh, that that seems to be the case, even though in the larger companies, they pretty much adopted the digital world. Uh, some of them haven't done real well. I think that J.C. JCPenney uh, got involved in some kind of black hat uh, marketing and uh, they were crushed. Yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah. So even the big companies, they want to get involved, but they figure they can do the shortcut. And, and there's been there have been others than J.C. Penney. Do you think? Um, I mean, a lot of the precedent for things like the way the web works now, the way the internet works now, is of course being set in the B two C space. What what is it you think that B two B marketers and manufacturers can take away from that? And uh, like, what learnings are there there? And what might they want to ignore? Be open to change and then act on it and ride it out. You're going to have to make a commitment, a financial commitment, 
but that financial commitment will come back in spades. And I, I've seen it done, I've seen it happen, and uh, we're enjoying that same, same place as I just laid it out. And uh, not only that, but you're doing some good, uh, or at least we're feeling we're doing some good with Manufacturing Talk Radio, because we're, we're supplying information to manufacturers that won't necessarily get this information on mainstream media, I don't think I, I addressed the B2C side yet, just other than, you know, large companies in the B2C world uh, cool. are following the, the new methodology to a greater extent than manufacturing. For sure. And it's interesting to think about what, um, you know, because the largely B2B world of manufacturing is not B2C. Uh, so there are some things that we have to learn from them, and there's probably some lessons we should ignore from the B2C world. Um, so talk to me about that. Well, the B2B world, um, first of all, you're, you, you tend to be dealing with uh, a lot more dollars. It represents a third of our economy, uh, upstream and downstream from the B2B uh, connection. Uh, B2C, uh, me personally, in the... Um, 55 years that I'm in manufacturing. Uh, I really don't know a lot about B2C, um, but I think B2C is probably an easier uh, methodology, and I think there's more available talent uh, in the B2C world in terms of uh, uh, experts, if you will, uh, who can lead uh, retailers and so on to a a more golden field. Yeah, interesting, I think, though, to just hook on for a second because uh, you've grown a, a fairly diverse uh, marketing team as a small manufacturer. Um, uh, and and you're, what you say is quite true that, um, you know, a lot of marketers, uh, mar young marketing talent, uh, particularly digital savvy marketing talent, mm -hmm. may be more drawn to more... Uh, consumer style marketing initiative so right. I guess um, uh, have you have you found uh, talent attraction more difficult as a, as a result of that dynamic um, yes sort of because there's less of them number one and then of the less that uh, do exist you got to find which ones really do have the talent and which ones don't so it's that that square starts getting real small until you find you know, the right connection. And uh, I mean, we have, for example, a writer who we, we also do a magazine called uh, Metals and Manufacturing Outlook. And uh, one of our primary writers is a gentleman that I went to meet in uh, France. And he's been writing for us now for, I don't know, two years, two and a half years, something like that. And uh, so you got to go, you got to go where the talent is. And uh, so we, we've been with him now for a number of years, and uh, he aids our magazine efforts. So we're, we're doing a lot of stuff. It seems to me that you fundamentally are in some ways a media company, a new style media company that just happens to have an addiction to doing dye forgings and sealed <laughs> rings well, that's on like, the side. That's what, what it's looking like. <laughs> as a matter of fact, the name of the holding company is MBC. 
Nice. <laughs> uh, which yeah. which refers to Manufacturing Broadcasting Corporation. But if you say it fast, it's clever. Yeah, <laughs> nicely. All right. Well, look, uh, this has been a meandering conversation, if nothing else, Lou. And uh, I think has been a, a fascinating insight into uh, just basically how you thought about marketing. Would you have any parting thoughts for our uh, listeners as we conclude today? Great question. I'm glad you asked this. Uh, regarding uh, my insights into marketing, uh, I've been doing uh, marketing for my uh, multiple companies for almost 55 years. Um, 55 of it being in my metals company and then uh, many years later, like only five years ago, we started Manufacturing Talk Radio and Women and Manufacturing. And all of that is, just, is marketing. And you need to outmarket your competitors. That is paramount. And every time your competitors start copying what you're doing, change. Because if you don't change, you die. So those are uh, two of the things that uh, come to mind, as well as, lastly, uh, build your brand and build it strong, uh, because that's what people ultimately know when they're not dealing with you on a regular basis. They'll see your, um, your logo, they'll see your colored jackets, like maybe our yellow jackets that we wear. It's a brand and it's very strong. So that's my strongest recommendation to your audience. And I appreciate you having me on your uh, podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.